0: Whoa, get a mates! WWE Hall of Famer here, Bushwhacker Luke, and I'm on W P O V quarantine, so you better be
1: listening. See ya! Whoa.
2: Fans, welcome to another edition of WPOV Quarantine. I'm your host, Legend T James Logan. With me, my co-host, as always, the gentleman, Elio Canella. Good to be here. Good news, Elio. The fans have voted in, and they will allow you up to 47 words in today's episode. 47. Right. <laughs> round, round of, one. round 50. Okay, you just blew six. Up, really? All right, and. Uh, <laughs> 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 our other co-host the lone wolf andy anderson andy you know what you because
3: because we're a north american show well i mean we're a global show but mm-hmm. because we're north american i think with the american exchange we can probably bump him up to maybe like 65 words
2: i don't think he's ever done 65 words are we really going to push this mm-hmm.
3: well hey you know he's already blown six so he's about down, down to 59 cool. so i don't know what's going on we
2: well, have a spe- <laughs> 55 we have-, <laughs> we have uh guesting from calgary uh Owner and current runner now of a, tell me a bit about what was, I'm, uh, I'm losing it now. What was the name of the wrestling school we have going?
0: The wrestling school that we have going here in Calgary right now is called the Alberta Wrestling Academy. The Alberta Wrestling the- Academy. This is Otto Gentile, who's one
2: of the head trainers, uh, yep. also partner with Bruce Hart, and they are training, they're open now and they're training wrestlers coming up all over the place from North America to get some cool stuff. From Calgary. I mean, you guys have a great reputation of training wrestlers in Calgary. And uh, Otto, you also have a great reputation as uh, going far back as Can-Am
0: Wrestling. Yes, sir. We do. Uh, 10 years plus uh, on the Canadian indie Circuit. And we went as far as the Queen Charlotte Islands out west to uh, Hamilton, Ontario out east. And we traveled all over uh, the Northwest Territories and the Yukon with Can-Am.
2: Excellent, and all you American viewers who have no clue about Canada, it's one side of the ocean to the other. All right, and joining us all the way from New York, our sometimes host who pops in, he is a regular host on WPOV Wrestling, Rick the Third. Rick, welcome
1: aboard. Hey, people. Thank you for having me, TJ. I'm loving being here, and welcome, Otto, man. It's huge, huge honor to have you a part of our show today. Thank you for being a
0: part of it. Thank you for inviting me, guys. It's an honor of mine as well. You know what,
2: fans, we also have a few secret guests, we call them, because we're hoping they're going to uh, click in in the middle of the show. One of them has a reputation, that it'll be his third time on, and he usually does come on at least <laughs> a half hour into the show and makes his appearance, and then disappears. So we'll see if uh, he comes on. And we had a special guest we we're still working on. But today, we are going to talk about famous, or I guess favorite, finishing holds and finishes. And that's probably one of the coolest parts about wrestling. It's always just like dessert. As the match goes on, what is the cool thing that ends the meal? That's and right. uh, let's first of all go around and talk about some of our all-time favorite finishes. Now, for Andy Anderson, I want to ask you first because I don't want you to just tell me your favorite finishing maneuver. I want to tell you, yeah, you know, tell me your favorite finishing maneuver, but also tell me what is your all-time favorite. Maybe you've never done it. Maybe it's, I don't know. 13 flips off the top rope. I don't care what it is. I want to hear about it.
3: Uh, that's my opening spot. 13 flips off.
2: <laughs> <laughs> no. I have never seen you get on the ropes. <laughs>
3: <laughs> what, what was the old, uh, the huckster and the nacho man and brother at my age, my feet don't leave the ground.
2: <laughs>
3: um. You know what, there's, there's a lot, and, and, and one of the ones that I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pick, it's uh, nowhere, well, I, I guess it's sort of, there's a variation of it that can sort of be used as a finisher by someone in AEW, but uh, more for, for nostalgia sake, mm-hmm. uh, I'm, I'm going to go nice and simple. I'm going to go with the Camel Clutch, nice, just yes. for being a, a big Iron Sheik fan. And back, you know what? But no, but seriously, I mean, you yeah. think about it though. When you I mean, to put that on somebody, like in a shoot, mm-hmm. I mean, if you're really like putting that much pressure on someone's back while kind of you know, yanking on their chin, you can do some serious damage there. Oh hell Unless yeah! Unless they roll over. Okay. Yes. Okay. Go yeah. on. Sorry. You know what? Here, we'll try this next time we meet up. Uh uh-huh. Let yes. me put it on you in a shoot. Videotape it. And, yes. Yeah, you try and you try and roll over.
0: Okay.
1: Only
2: if there's you let me no, put the figure four on you first, which I have learned.
0: There's there's no way you're rolling over, brother. If no, not in a shoot. Entire, if, he's a, if he's shooting on you in the camel clutch, man, you're not going nowhere. But yeah, he is a big build. boy.
2: He is a big boy. Otto, no, don't
1: convince him. Don't convince him, Otto. I, I want to see this. Oh, I want to see it, too. Trust me. I want to see Andrew no,
2: no, put it no, on no. him, too. Tell him. Tell him. He, no, tell no, you man. You're little, right. It's easy. easy. You'll kick it's all three of these guys out. It's our show now. It's just the two <laughs> of us talking wrestling. Old. <laughs>
3: <laughs> but, yeah. But, I mean,
2: okay, the camera clutch, or, yeah.
3: And we'll, I mean, we can get into later how, you yeah. know, moves have evolved and, and whatnot. And that's always one of my favorite topics about how the wrestling business has evolved and moves has evolved. But, uh, you know, just to, just to kind of throw back to kind of like the, the late 70s into the mm-hmm. 80s, uh, it was just a fun one to see. I mean, you, you see some variations of it. Uh, Miro, if he ever wrestles on AEW again when he's not busy playing video games. Hey, those video uh,
2: games are important, man. I guess.
3: I guess. <laughs> yeah. I guess uh, to each their own. But, uh, you know, he's one of the few to do it. I mean, we had the Steiner recliner when when uh, yep. Scott Steiner would do it. Yep. But, uh, I, you know, I think I think within the realm of pro wrestling, though, if, if you mention kind of a camel clutch, mm-hmm. I, I think we'd all agree that, uh, you know, Iron Sheik is the first one that comes to mind. Absolutely. Okay. Yes, sir.
2: Now, what if Muro is playing wrestling games? Does that make a difference? Don't even uh, no, I'm just kidding. Just kidding. Uh, okay. Then Andy, but for yourself personally, that your f- favorite move, but for yourself, what is your favorite move that you liked to use yourself or is it also the camel clutch?
3: Uh, no, I, you know what? To me, I always try and throw a, a, a camel clutch in there, just more of like mm-hmm. a tribute, Yeah, but uh, not, you know, rarely as a, like an attempted finish. Um, I'll go, I'll, I'll kind of give you two. Mm-hmm. Uh, the one that I've used the most over my career uh, we called up The Howling, okay. which was a version of, I think, was it the like The Angel Wings? Is that like like what Christopher Daniels calls it?
2: Yeah, the one. Yes, the one. Kinda, yeah,
3: yeah kind of, yeah. You kind of pick him up, almost like setting up for a pedigree, straight yeah. up and then kind of flat out. Uh, so I kind of, when I picked that up, like which oh, he's over 20 years ago, I didn't realize that he had done it. Uh, I don't even remember where I found it, but I just with the whole white wolf, lone wolf, you know, the howling mm-hmm. came up, but it was like, that was a cool name. The only issue with that, of course, though, is, you know, you can't apply that to everybody.
2: Yeah.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Uh, it's a bit tough. Yeah.
3: yeah so, yeah, so for I'd me, see. the the other one that I got to, I mean, it's more a bit of an old school move and it might come up, uh, but it's one that again, you know, to, to put somebody like using this move in a uh like a version of a Cobra clutch. Mm -hmm. like for most guys you know to be able to grab the arms kind of throw it in there and and get it hooked uh to me it was always something that was more believable and it was a fun you know you could you could tell a story around that a lot more than you can with other moves so that's oh, i mean old you know they're old school but that's that's stuff that i like
2: all right let's throw it over to otto otto all-time favorite uh first of all because you were a wrestler i want you to first do what andy did your all-time favorite that you might not have used that was just the one that you're like "Mm, love that move and then the one you your favorite to use.
0: Well, I'd be an asshole if I didn't say the sharpshooter now, wouldn't I? Woo! Well, My I'm man. an asshole because I wasn't going to yes! say it. But yeah. I was going <laughs> to say you the man, that, man, Otto. You know what? That The sharpshooter's still number one in <laughs> yes. the top 25 submission holds. So let's give it credit where credit is due. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've actually gotten to use it in tribute show that we did for uh, when Owen Hart passed away. So it means something special to me. Uh, the move that I actually use as a finisher, I call it the Saturday Night Special. As you guys know, my character is kind of a disco character.
3: Started, <laughs> I heard that. A, yes.
0: Started as a big rib, and I actually got to pull it off for over ten years on the road. So nice. uh, I'm kind of happy with that. But it's a, a Ray Mysterio sit-down DDT, where you oh, hook, yes. uh, where you swing over top of the guy's heads and hook both arms, and then sit down on it. So uh, yeah. that's that's my go to. Nice.
2: And and how did what was the inspiration for that move?
0: When you uh, I, I, lo- I love watching Rey Mysterio do uh, ring work. Right. So mm-hmm. uh, I tried to incorporate kind of dance moves and and moves where I got to kick my legs out and stuff like that. Like uh, I had another one, the version of the, the people's elbow. I call it the Vinny elbow and I it's the the same thing as a rock but i i do a a, a pirouette and twist and hit the elbow right so <laughs> nice. now let's so, face yeah, it you, like you you know everybody's trained the same way everybody learns the same moves but it's what you do with them to make them your own that is the important thing
2: absolutely Excellent. now now just quick question Otto. uh during your your full-time wrestling what was your weight and height? So I, it's, uh, it's, I you're a big boy
0: 20 between 220 and 225 and five foot ten and a half okay
2: okay maybe a little bit big to be doing six one nines so i can see yeah why no I, the- <laughs> I i never
0: got the i never got the opportunity to try that out i'm I'm trying now at fi- god damn it at 54 i'm trying to goddamn move and i still can't get it so just goes to show you how hard that move really is yeah, if you can't I'll get if you
3: can't get the six one nine, at least if you can get the four zero three, you're doing okay.
0: Oh, boo. <laughs>
3: go.
2: <laughs> All right, well, Rick, you, I I know you're the biggest Bret Hart uh, fan in the world, so it's, I, I dare ask what what your favorite finishing hold was,
1: bro. I, I I'm going to tell you, it's the definitely the sharpshooter. You know, it's mm-hmm. hands down the best submission, and I don't care if Sting did it first, Sting did it wrong. Okay, he didn't use his left leg like Bret did. Okay, so yeah. Sting did it wrong. It's Bret Hart's sharpshooter is the best finisher of all time. No no, but say because... it
3: properly. It's the best there is, best there was. It's best if there ever will be. More, you
1: gave me one more second, I would have said it myself. It's the best there is, the
3: best there was, the best there it ever did, will It be. didn't sound like you were going to say that, so I want to make sure you're going to be a but, big sure uh, Now, now, he,
2: now right. I see Tony's great, man. Rick takes so long to this. set himself up.
1: I will say this. Come on, now
0: we gave you some help. What the hell is wrong with that? <laughs> with
1: that being said, with that yeah. being said since the sharpshooter was mentioned already, I'm also very old school with my finishers and my holds. I'm a classic sleeper hold guy. And mm-hmm. DDT, the yeah. old school DDT, like Jake the yeah. Snake, just it's simple and it's straight to the point. Your head's going straight through the canvas, and that's yeah. it. Like that's what I that's what I love about old school wrestling, and that's why I'm a huge Timothy Thatcher fan because he mm. he is giving you everything about old school, and it's just yeah. huge for me. So yeah, mm-hmm. that's that's where I stand. Old school DDT, sleeper hole, sharpshooter, any day.
2: All right. Uh, Elio, at the risk of you using up your
1: words, um, what was yeah, your favorite? I've got, I've got the reset button. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm going with the Sharpshire DDT. I like the sleeper hold as well. Classic okay. finishers. Yep.
2: Now, Okay. Uh, when I was looking back at my things, I was trying to really think. I mean, it's it's been a no-brainer for me. It's always been the figure four, you know. I nice. uh, always enjoyed uh, Ric Flair and... Uh, you know, that was kind of when I grew up, he was starting to come in. Um, as much as I love Nick Bockwinkle, the one move that I always associated him with was the sleeper, yes. which for me was the move that I, as much as I love to see it, it, it's just, it was one move I, you know, you have to dis have your this, uh, what do you, you call it when you? Suspension uh, of disbelief. Your suspension of disbelief. <laughs> and uh, except for the uh, sleeper, there's only one other move that I could never understand <laughs> that, it went, that just doesn't do it for me. And uh, so as much as I love was it the Ball, Brain was it,
3: Buster, was it the? No, the,
2: no, no, oh. no. I'm going to tell you. We'll get to because yeah, we're going to talk about yeah. the worst moves or yeah. the moves you guys just can't believe.
3: <laughs> and <laughs> and uh,
2: yes. Now, uh, always love those classic moves too. I guess the reason about uh, and I know. Hey, as all of us as kids as we grew up. And we were wrestling fans. We didn't. We all grabbed a brother, a cousin, a nephew, something, yep. and we all threw, tried practicing moves on each other. And I got to tell you, the figure four is the most painful move if you don't know what you're doing to put on someone. It really freaking oh, hurts yes. somebody.
0: Sure I, <laughs> sure, I dropped my brother with that one. I ones. can reverse. <laughs> I <know> that.
2: <laughs> okay, that one we'll see. We'll get together. Though. When we get together, that's your your challenge. If, if Andy hasn't broken my back from the camel clutch.
3: <laughs> And then and then we could try out the old Boston crab too. No. No, 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 no,
1: no, no. That's one that I always scared my mom with when I put the Boston crab or the walls of Jericho on my brother or my sister. Yeah. She was like oh, you're your gonna sister. break her in half. Yeah. Listen, man. When my sister came out, it was just like she's either gonna be a referee or a wrestler. And she decided <laughs> to be a wrestler. China was huge at that time and she was just like, I'm not a referee, I'm a fighter. So we had to put her through the training as well. So There nice. you go.
2: Perfect. And you and you visit her every week in the hospital. Someday she'll get back <laughs> uh, Elio, you have a story about using a move on your brother, I believe. Wasn't
1: oh uh, well, my brothers weren't like the biggest fans when winner. but like they used to watch it off none. So I used to so I used to do the D V T on one of them, the other one I would <laughs> suplex them. Super- we we he put one of them put me in the figure four once. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Did did you cry like a baby? <laughs> no. I get it. This is the only time I won't mock you for doing it. Uh, now, Before we get into talking about the whole psychology and things behind moves and whatnot, I'm going to throw one out because it's just for me. There's a few moves in wrestling over the years that just make me like. If I saw them today, and one of them is kind of making a comeback, and it just makes me kind of like cringe. Name a move or a hold that just is like, yeah, no, doesn't do it for me. Don't think I ever would do it. Don't think I want to see it again. Rick, you got your finger up. What is it? Yes,
1: for anybody? I'm going to say it first before Andy yeah. or anybody gets to shit on Let's me first. Okay. Okay. And I'm only gonna, and I'm only saying this because I know you guys are probably going to shit on me, and it's Earthquakes finisher. Okay, oh, the geez. aftershock. That is, first of all, you guys hate on the Natural Disasters. One of the greatest tag teams of all time. Got to put that out oh, there. come
0: on, man. Thank you, Your credit just went up, buddy.
1: <laughs> Yo, they were so good. And that's what he said. Yo, listen, when they said it, oh, it's the Tremors. You're feeling, Gene, the floor is shaking. The Tremors are coming. And when he ran to those ropes and he hit, oh, my God. Listen, man. Listen, no one else can do it. Definitely not nowadays. It definitely won't work. I felt like it worked when I was a kid watching it. Maybe it didn't work for everybody else, but for me, I loved it. I thought it was great. But I can definitely see why people will not think of that as a good finisher.
0: All right. That's
1: what I got to say about that.
0: (laughs) (laughs) If anybody, if anybody could get it over nowadays, I'd have to say Otis, man. Yes. He's yes. getting the goddamn Caterpillar over, for Christ's sakes. That's yeah, true.
1: That's and he started, he's doing the Vader bomb now, so I can definitely see him throw that into his arsenal. Oh, yeah. All right, Sucky. Here we go, sucky. <laughs> 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 Definitely, definitely uh, could do shit. it. <laughs>
3: All right, Otto,
2: why don't you throw that one out there? Give me your uh, the movie right now that you don't even want to teach people because it's like, uh
0: you know, I'm really kind of weary of these kids nowadays doing pile drivers. Uh, mm, yeah, I mean, not uh, back in the day, the guys took care of each other, and nowadays with these kids wearing these fucking plastic pants and stuff like that, and guys being able to slip out, uh, I just uh, I try to avoid teaching the pile driver or any variation of it. It's a uh, – is there okay it's a move well, you, that can really fuck somebody up like seriously you land somebody yeah. on their head man you know that yeah. you can end up paralyzing them so
2: okay i get that and i was actually going to go into dangerous moves but do you have like a just a goofy ass move that people used to use that you know where you go holy uh what the hell is
3: that yeah i can't, I can't even uh i'm
2: gonna come back to
3: you you think of it and
0: yeah I'm come back to, to, to me andy. on that one okay. andy
3: Alright, well that's it's a move that's still done. It's a move that's still taught. But uh at one time was considered a finisher. Uh oh. Well, no, and, and I think once I start uh I say this will be like a nod to the AWA days. You oh no, that's the
2: one this. I was gonna use. One of the ones I was gonna use, <laughs> yeah.
3: Damn the me, almighty man. almighty drop kick no the almighty drop kick.
0: Oh, okay. One, you no, thought, not that yes. one
3: wow you think about like guys like Greg gagne and jim brunzel when they'd use like a drop kick or like a double drop kick and that was a finish Mm -hmm. you know and i mean nowadays i mean it's it's not even a transition i mean that that could be something
2: you know
3: the the match starts before the bell even rings and somebody runs to the other corner drop kicks somebody i mean okay i I, I get what you're saying
2: but that isn't quite the question i'm asking you guys what i'm asking is like just goofy ass moves that were one time were big like here's I'll give you two examples I, I you know which one you're what I seeing. know which
3: one you're thinking about yeah. now first the claw Yeah. okay the claw it's, the yeah, most ridiculous freaking move <laughs> in the world okay the
2: claw. you know and uh, so you have the claw where you're supposed to believe that somebody's hands are so powerful they're gonna put it on someone's head and put them out which is unfortunately the Von Eriks are now bringing back an MLW
0: <laughs> so but the one okay it's this it's their one, family tradition right
2: yeah yeah and then there's the one move where, I don't know, you, you may get mad at this one auto on me. You, you may, th- may say, oh, yeah, okay, it's just past his time. The good old abdominal stretch. One of the oh, most no! obvious-looking moves where you could just basically what? wiggle and you fall out of that move.
1: No, nah, man. That's like the Russian leg sweep, man. You got you to gotta have the abdominal <laughs> No, at least the
2: stretch, Russian man. leg sweep has something behind it. Standing the there stretch. and letting a guy just hold
0: you in position no, is a ridiculous you ass.
1: You keep pulling back. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it depends who's doing it, but let's tell the truth. It, it, I mean, uh, there's guys that can pull off the abdominal stretch where it looks like they're really ripping the guy apart too, right? Yeah. yeah. Well,
1: not the big E abdominal no, stretch the, where you smack no, your yes.
0: ass. Big E turns into a comedy
1: move.
0: <laughs> uh, yeah. it, becomes a, it becomes an S&M
3: thing. <laughs>
2: okay, so I've thrown the claw, thrown the abdominal stretch. That I'm looking for is old school moves that All used right. to be at one time considered dangerous or scary, but pretty much have fallen to the side of either not being used or because they're so overly goofy, nobody really touches. And let's face it. If the Von Erics were out there, the claw and the form that they're using it now wouldn't be touched. I mean, at least Lance Archer has the yeah. decency to pick you up and slam you down. while he's you know. so, right. so that's what let I'm me, looking for.
3: Let me go back so, into the AWA then. And yes. I'm uh, just, and because this was something that I touched on earlier in yeah. the show. I thought you were going to, when you started talking, uh, it was the, uh, I don't know if, uh, I know Blackjack Lanzi used it, but when he used the brain buster and it was just like that driving, almost like, like kind of like a side noogie thing, driving into the side of the head.
2: Okay. So was that called a brain buster then? Yeah, Because now there's a variation of the brain buster. That's quite a bit well, different. Well, that's like the
3: suplex. That. No, no, yeah, that was the brain buster was, head. was that because oh, then the okay. other thing would be is that because he had the gloves on. Yeah. So if he put the gimmick on, you know, if he slid the gimmick in the, the, mm-hmm. the glove and then he would do it and like, almost like driving to the side of the head.
2: So I can't yeah. imagine why people today wouldn't imagine a giant death noogie as something terrifying.
1: Hmm. I mean, yeah. And, <laughs> yeah. and that now that you guys said that, if uh, mm-hmm. junkyard dog didn't he have like the headbutt like while he was on all yeah. fours? Oh, yeah, he had thump. the little yeah, head yeah. tap, yeah. big thump. Yeah. Yeah. yeah,
2: yeah. And the thump.
1: Okay. The thump. The thump. The
0: power. At least that
2: slam, yeah. was a slam, right?
1: At least that was a. power That was a power
0: slam. slam. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I'll, I'll I'll play play a real hope. simple one, guys. A yeah. full Nelson.
2: Yeah, but the full Nelson actually hurts. Like, if a real wrestler, that's a real move, right? I mean, but, I guess, but nobody uses it anymore. That's no Bobby Lashley. Bobby Lashley uses, it. Bobby well,
3: Lashley but,
1: uses yeah, it now. Okay,
2: okay, okay that He's one's on the yeah, That's true.
1: Chris Masters. Had I guess it. it
2: always has to be a big muscle dude who does it. Eh? Yeah, yeah. It's like every exactly. ten
1: years they bring it back. Bring it back yeah. to life. But yeah, it, it, but it is. It's it is a kind of a silly move because of the mm-hmm. way they do it. Um, they they always got these guys flailing and everything. It's like oh I got no control over my limbs, so I understand why why it's being brought up because it's true. The way it's delivered, like no guy is just gonna go ragdolling like China was doing to Marlena back in the day. It's like that's not, that doesn't happen. You don't get ragdolled from the full Nelson.
3: Well, that you're not true. gonna pass you're, out. But that's the thing. Though, like if you know you know prior to China, the one before that that I would think of would be Ken Patera.
2: And he was yeah. a former
3: Olympian strongman, was right?
2: This was a swinging one.
3: We had the swing, Yeah, the swinging neck break, and so I mean, like they're like to be able to swing the guys or make him look like the rag doll. Mm-hmm. I think that's still entirely possible, but that's mm-hmm. the onus on the like the, the booker, the promoter, the guy doing it to make sure that at least you know at the beginning to get that move over. You're booking him against the smaller guys that are yeah. going to make you know, if he's not a giant. He's, you got to book him against the smaller guys that are going to be able to get ragdolled, so that you know that you'll get the visual then and you it'll go. build up.
0: And, and you, be- gotta, you also got to have the guys that are doing the commentating the, and the announcers that get it exactly. over Exactly. Well. Yeah. Totally. And
2: I, I really do believe that's not the kind of move where an average guy should be doing. That should no, be a no. dude
0: who's bigger. No, no, that's, uh, that's definitely for a big man to do. And yeah. when they get you in and, that hole, you're, you're done. Yeah.
1: And, and, and we mentioned this on our show on Saturday on uh, Wrestling POV that Bobby Lashley was doing that to Titus O'Neil it looks so stupid because he couldn't even lock his hands because yeah. Titus O'Neill is so big. Yeah. So a big guy shouldn't be doing it. Like that's a movie due to ricochet. You know, exactly. you don't do that to another guy, six eleven. Yep. It's crazy.
2: Now You know what? Another moves that just popped in my head. How about this one? We don't see this very much, but the old airplane spin. I remember that. Yeah. There oh. Throw a guy on your shoulders, spin Quick him around. around. And... <laughs> yeah. What, what would what, what you guys think of the old uh, airplane spin?
3: the best, like the best is i get the i get dizzy when i do it well, <laughs> but that's the thing though is always the best you mean and and, and prior to the show you know we talked mm-hmm. about some other styles of wrestling where you know the the airplane spin was a big thing and it's to me it's got to be that the same thing where like the guy giving it has to sell it as well
0: yeah exactly okay. yes. you have to work together with with these kind of moves yeah. in order to get them over definitely and, and it, that's, one move. that's why we call our, our, it, it's the art of professional wrestling and exactly. the exactly. art is done properly where the guys are telling a story. Then you're going to get the other person mm. over that's doing yeah. the move and selling the move. It's going to get over it both ways. Right. Yeah. Now, I'm going to throw out one more move, which
2: is I, I'm glad we don't see it very much anymore. And it's actually not a move that men wrestlers do. It's it's a women's wrestlers move. is the old chuck the chick by her hair thing. I remember all through the 80s and 90s, that's the only move they did was grab a girl and throw her by her hair. Or step on the hair and bring her up.
3: I still do that stuff. <laughs> I'm, I think that's I, an awesome thing. Anytime I've done like a, a match against a girl, I've made sure mm-hmm. I've done that at least once. Just, you know, grab the handful of hair mm-hmm. off. You go. I I love that, man. Yeah. I think the visual for that but is you're using awesome.
2: it. You're, you're using it as a parody kind of fun thing. I'm just saying how many women wrestling, we see matches all the time. You don't see Bailey grabbing a girl by the hair. You don't see Sheeta grabbing a girl by the I, hair. I would her.
3: pop if they picked him up and threw oh, and they like did the that, spin huh? like that man that's probably be better than like at least a quarter of this stuff they do
0: that is true that is like a lot of lists grab bailey and toss her by her hair that right something yeah cool, right?
3: Yep. and especially like in that 20 by 20 ring like you let those girls fly
0: how, yep. how awesome
3: exactly. would that look yeah so don't be knocking yeah. it
2: no i'm not knocking it because nobody uses it that's what i'm saying that's-
1: that's because you don't have hair. That's the thing. Oh,
2: <laughs> just because you have hair on every part of your body doesn't mean you should make fun of the guy who knows how to keep it smooth. I, I believe,
3: I believe let's, let's try and stay a little PC. It's it's follically challenged.
2: <laughs> Follic- <laughs> coming, from, coming from the other follically challenged guy. Exactly. He knows. <laughs> Thank you, brother.
3: It's all <laughs> gravitating <laughs> south to the face and right. to the back. Yep. He's going to make Andy, the best troll you can grow ever.
1: At least you can grow a beard. We can pull you by the beard. Tom, I don't know where we're going to grab you, by
2: Oh, I, I know where you want to grab me by. Alrighty. Oh, <laughs> hey, hey. Moving hey. on. Oh. Moving oh, on. Is there
1: anything wrong with that? Yes,
2: yes, there is. I say oh. no. No consent. <laughs> Anyhow. No consent. <laughs> I just say no. <laughs> Didn't we talk about that last episode with the women? Don't just say no. Uh, uh, just say no. Moving <laughs> on. Moving on. Um, so, okay, here's an interesting concept. Over the years, you know what? In the AWA in the 80s, Greg Gagne could do a dropkick boom he won a match you go into the eight you know later on in the 80s jake the snake would come out throw a ddt boom he took a guy out today i can turn on wrestling and i can watch uh i can watch the ddt is being used in the middle of the match and a guy will get up after a few seconds i've seen okada give guys the pile driver as his transition into his finishing so my question is this is why why And I I have a pretty good idea, but let's discuss why. Why do moves become, why do devastating moves fall out of these favors and become just transitional moves? Now, I'm going to ask Otto this because obviously, Otto, as you're training guys, the moves you've been in your career, you obviously have seen moves that were finishers that are now become the things you're transitioning guys to use to their actual finishers.
0: Yeah, and I, I kind of blame the marks for it. Like uh, the, the fans, they they want to see all this flippity-dippity crap that, you know, mm-hmm. only a, a, hand, a hand-chosen few can do. Like there's not every single wrestler that can do all those flippity-dippity things, right? Mm-hmm. And I think that's the reason that the fans want to see that kind of stuff, the aerial and all that. And I wish it would t- it, it, they'd take it back to the old school and bring back the, you know, the, the DDT as a finisher. Yeah. But I mean, nowadays, what, what are we going to do? Does the guy have to actually get put through the goddamn mat in order for it to stick? Mm-hmm. You, know, what I'm
1: you know, I want to, I want I'm going to say this as a fan of old school technical wrestling, and as a fan of this flippy stuff, mm-hmm. I will say this. I think where things started to change was during the attitude era where things now had to become realer and bigger and sexier, right? Yeah. Back in the day, a DDT was a huge thing because we had characters. We had psychology. I'm a huge advocate for psychology in wrestling. Oh, yes, and definitely. And I, I think what has changed was the attitude era. And everybody gl- glows and, and cheers on this attitude era as the greatest era. And I disagree wholly. I think it's New Generation mm-hmm. and the Golden Era was the best era of wrestling. But for me, that's when things started to change. And that's when like, oh, we we can't do that. We have to do three DDTs. We have to do a spinning DDT. We have to do an off-the-top-road DDT. And now all of a sudden things are starting to change because it's not sexy enough. You know, sex sells in wrestling. That's that's where they were going with. And then that's what happened with the moves. The movesets started becoming more and more difficult to do because you want to get on TV. Because unless you were cursing and showing – and flashing people you weren't getting on tv so you yeah. definitely had to up your 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 move set and it really just kept going and it kept evolving into this worst thing i don't think we ever get back to that though i don't think we ever get back to the classic hopefully with timothy Thatcher.
0: but, but i that's it the seems thing. like we, nearly won. we can get back to it it's just a matter of retraining their, the the fans That's right. And that and that's the promoters, the the promoters and and the guys that put the matches together and even the wrestlers that put the matches together. They got to start telling stories. It's not about move after move after move. Tell the story of how how you get to that finishing point, you know? Yeah. And and if you tell that story and you get to that finishing point, you know, the guy goes for his finisher once, doesn't get it twice doesn't get it three times as again finally all of a sudden boom he hits it the pan, the fans are gonna pop yeah mm-hmm. you know so it's, it's really it's the storytelling in the matches that have to that has to get better i absolutely agree with that
2: yeah, um, yeah. just you know uh, recently probably about six months ago i just went on this kind of a uh, tangent in my head and i, I was like oh i want to go look up some old stampede wrestling Right. Uh, just because I remember it as a child and uh, I had memories of it, but I hadn't really physically looked at some of the matches in a long time. So I flick back and I go and I dig up and I find a bunch of matches and uh, there were lots of little things that I totally forgot. You know, we talked about this, how uh, I never ever recalled that Stampede Wrestling never showed you ever the introductions of anyone. Every match was joined in progress. Uh, yep. I forgot that. Um, I forgot about the weird referees and the, and the kind of things, but the one thing I found watching it is there was probably 90% less actual moves, yet the fans and I were so much more invested in yep, what was happening in the ring, despite the fact there were no fall off the top ropes, there was no flipping around, there was not all this stuff. Uh, occasionally, D- uh, Dynamite Kid would come off the rope with something where you go, holy smokes, but yep. he didn't do that 20 times a match. You exactly. Know? No, and, he uh, had
1: feats of strength. Right, mm-hmm. you had wrist locks, you had headlocks yeah. that lasted like five, six minutes, where it was just like every time he gets out the headlock, he pulls him back in. He'll grab exactly. the hair, pull him back into it, dig yeah. it deeper. Yeah, and it's like I think, I think it was Rusev or I forgot who it was recently, maybe within this year or last year, where oh Kevin Owens, Kevin Owens was doing headlocks and he kept referencing it, trying to like get it back on, and everybody was just like. Why is Kevin Owens doing headlocks? Mm
3: -hmm.
1: Because he's telling you a story in the ring. He's telling you that this guy can't get away from me, and I'm gonna keep him in this lock
0: until he gives up. Exactly. Yeah.
1: Come on, man. And
0: And that's where we—that's where wrestling has to go back to the storytelling.
2: And I have to agree with you. Don't get
0: me wrong. Don't get me wrong, guys. The 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 flipping Mm -hmm. shit, I love it too. Like I, uh, my first student that I got to train, he's uh, he's now with WWE NXT, Akeem Young. That mm-hmm. just did the Thatcher uh, segment yeah, yeah, yeah. on NXT, and uh, man, that kid's just friggin' amazing. Uh, he's a he's an ex circus de soleil performer, oh, wow. and when he came to me to uh, to start learning how to professional wrestle, I, I I got to have him for six weeks here in Calgary, man. And I'm telling you, that kid just impressed me every time. Uh, can you do this? Yes. Can you do this? Yes. Can you do that? It was just incredible the stuff he could do. And you guys, that's going to be one kid to watch. Watch when he makes his debut in NXT. I'm telling you, you guys are going to be blown away. Excellent. Nice.
2: Now, one of the things that struck me the most watching this old Stampede Wrestling and then watching, I uh, of course, being in the older mind, I threw on some old a, 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 w, AWA and I threw down some other stuff. And what did I notice the most was this, is I go to indie wrestling matches a lot, you know, and, and this is even some of the same places in Alberta. And I'll go there and maybe there's a crowd of 100 to 150 people And not a lot of them are super invested unless it's the main event or unless there's something totally crazy happening on where they're actually invested in the show. A lot of them are milling about talking, having fun. There's the occasional group of people who feel they need to take over and they're trying to start horrible chants just so they'll look cool and other people join them. I get that. But then you look back at these matches and every single match that was on that show on Stampede Wrestling, the fans were totally into what was going on. They were yep. living and dying with the wrestlers, same as AWA. They were living and dying with the action, and then I thought to myself, "You have this less amount of moves, you have more story, you have more investment by people, and today's you're right. It has to be a training of the of the of the fans because you couldn't get away with those things today. If we were to do the matches." That were do they did back there and did them now the same way move for move and try them out. We could never get the fans invested unless we could get a story behind it. Yeah. And the weirdest part is with all these people loving this gazillion fans and they're dedicated to this all these moves. Do you notice that the audience is like one tenth the size of yeah. what wrestling fans used to be? Yeah. So where, why on earth are we still on this direction if it's Diminishing returns every year for the amount of wrestling fans. Why do we keep going in this obvious direction that sure it's all flashy, but it's not the same. It's
0: not appealing to no, people. No, it's not. It's not the same. And that's why we're, we're starting to retrain the fans at RCW, Real Canadian mm-hmm. Wrestling. And we're actually starting to invest these people in stories. Uh, right now I'm actually in a story with the promoter, Stephen uh, Styles. And uh, this has been an ongoing story. He's an old ex-student of mine from the Can-Am days. And uh, we're telling the story where I'm the ex-promoter that has a bitter taste in his mouth that's coming back. And I wanna take my promotion back and he's that young lion that's in my way. And uh, we've got the fans so invested and we haven't even touched We've been building this story for mm. weeks and months and we haven't even touched each other. And we finally get to have our, our moment inside of a steel cage so none of us can run. And we get to tell the story inside a steel cage. So I think it's pretty cool that we're trying to retrain these fans into investing in a story. And I mean, they're invested. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's crazy how much they're invested and they want to see this fight. So it's pretty cool but that's that's the thing it's the promoter no. it's the promoters and the guys that mm-hmm. tell the stories yeah. behind the scenes that have to get these fans to invest in that story and the way you tell it is the way mm-hmm. that these people are going to get invested
1: yeah I absolutely agree with that every story needs a beginning, a middle, and an ending. Um, I remember uh, I'm a wrestling manager and I remember working uh with Vince Steele um and uh, Vince Steele my guy was going against Vince Steele and we had this whole story written out almost a year long before, because we have like four shows a year. We're building up this story where we finally get this big matchup. And it was just like the the promoter decided, no, you know what? We're not going to do that. And it's just like, wait, what? We just built this beautiful story that everybody's invested in. And then you're going to just scrap it. And it was just like, that's why people don't care. Because we're not, right. we're not, we're not building these things. And when we do finally get them interested, we just say, "Oh, you know what? Well, we got this guy on the show now. This guy's on the show, so this guy got to be the main event now." And it's just like, so you're just telling your fan base that wh- whatever big name we got is going to take your spot. And yeah. uh, so that's a, that's and unfortunate, that's not right?
2: And, and well, let's get also back. no. Go ahead. Well, what, one of the biggest problems we have too is. Uh, all the cues that the small promoters take, the indie promoters, try and take cues from the big leagues. They're all trying to do what WWE does or AEW. And I guarantee you that's almost every promoter you meet in indie wrestling thinks in their mind that they're going to be the next WWE if they did something that way. But the WWE is on this fast tracking where they have to sell a pay-per-view every four weeks. So there are no stories that are long-term. Everything has to be boom, 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 boom. You know, but they have the luxury of having television to at least maybe tell in in the four weeks a bit of something. Where so indie wrestling has one show. So a month. now. <laughs> that's well, true.
0: that's not true because mm-hmm. we're running eight shows. A, we're we're running eight shows a month right now.
2: Okay, I mean, we actually that might see, be got an exception, the but
0: in Calgary and Edmonton, invested in what's going on in both cities. Mm-hmm. So, but you got to so, admit so, that is a.
2: But if what you can what I tell saying story is it
0: doable, sorry. it's doable yeah, it is doable. Damn right it's doable. Yeah, and the indies is. have the indie circuits now have have it a lot better with social media,
1: mm-hmm. with
0: uh you know, uh, with people with phones uh, recording shit at the shows. Like there's so much mm-hmm. that we can do as indie performers and indie promoters. Uh, to the, the wrestling scene nowadays, a lot of people are starting to get invested in the indie support. And I'm telling you, we we've been doing shows now in Calgary and Edmonton and we're getting, uh, even though it's a crowd of half, we're getting a hundred, mm-hmm. 125 people every friggin' Friday night. And when you have 125 <laughs> people invested in a show from start mm-hmm. to finish, they care about the characters that that we've created. It, it, it's it's a good feeling
1: mm-hmm.
0: and it's just a matter okay. of retraining the fans to think about you know, tell a story here yep i agree
2: right. now i i want to ask andy anderson andy you know you have uh you've been in a lot of uh indie companies and yeah. you've been around for years uh yes we agree this could work but on the whole andy do you think it actually would even be tried from what you've seen in the promoters and the things over the years, do you think anyone's really going to try that? And I know some people are, obviously. Like, obviously, this group me? is here. Kind of like yeah, do you think they're actually going to do that? Do you think – I don't – you know, like Otto's group is, but are other people going to jump on board that?
3: I don't know that many – you know what? Not to say – no, I'm not going to say no, but – uh, if they do, it's not going to be a full tilt kind of thing. I don't see too many individuals mm-hmm. or groups that would say, okay, well, we're going to take our whole show mm-hmm. and, you know, go from, you know, this formula that has worked for us for this long, uh, mm-hmm. to something that hopefully will work. Mm-hmm. But I, I think if you get the, you know, a, 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 and I'll use myself as an example and you've been to enough, enough shows where you seem like, yeah. I'm fortunate enough at this point that for what I get to do, I have quite a bit of creative input into mm-hmm. what I get to do storyline wise. Mm-hmm. So, you know, if you think back, uh, mm-hmm. and anyone else that's listening that may be familiar with my work, anything that I do is is never a short term angle. It's never two months, three months. Mm-hmm. It's, you know, six months to at least mm-hmm. a year. Like the last couple of angles that I've been a part of have essentially been year long angles. Mm-hmm. And while everything else is, going a lot shorter term you know kind of like Otto says it gives time to tell a story it gives time to get people emotionally invested Mm -hmm. uh you know before the the pandemic hit we were we were getting ready for the the PWA 19th anniversary show and you know we were about to have a the match that I was going to be involved in a cage match that was that was a year in the making. Mm Mm-hmm and people were chomping at the bit to see us to see us get to each other at that level. So exactly. I think it's, you know, I don't, I don't like I said I don't think anybody would would take their whole promotion and go, okay, you know, from everything we were doing here, we're going to start doing like this. But I think if you have, you know, it, it could be just like the circus. You know, we always talk about wrestling being like a circus. Mm-hmm. Some people come for the clowns, some people come for the animals, some people come That's for right. the trapeze artists. So you know what? Maybe, maybe you don't do a full you know, uh, got to have a little I, I, bit of everything. Yeah, you don't do a full ideological change and say, okay, our whole show is going to be like an 80s type show. But if you're going to have seven matches, eight matches, I think if you have, you know, your say your top top three maybe, uh, if like your kind of like main event, you're kind of like your top drawing uh, yeah. angles, you have those as the ones where you can, you know, you take the time, you draw, you know, you develop the story, you do that. I think that's where you focus on because if the people are, you know, people these days, they're going to come to the show because it's wrestling, you know? Yep. And then but if you start to get the other the casual fans or you get the fans of those people that are gonna come to every show no matter what and say, Man, you, you gotta see the story, you gotta see, you know, what this Andy Anderson's guy is doing, you gotta see what the Sheik is doing, you gotta see what Otto's doing, you gotta see what Rick Serrano the third. All these guys are crazy, they're all getting mixed up. This has happened, this has happened, this has happened, this has happened. That goes back to our to like the whole soap opera aspect. Exactly. You know, and it becomes mm-hmm. you know if it becomes like an episodic TV show, like whether it's like a, a weekly thing, a monthly thing, where you're telling the story, and each month people are, okay, now we're going to see this. Oh man, they threw us a curveball. Well, now this is going to happen. And eventually, and you know, I love I love doing the analogy, and because I don't get very much, but it's like this, it's like sex, right? You got to have that build up. You got to have that build up before that big finish.
0: Exactly.
2: But,
3: now, nowadays, people just, just just boom. They just want the finish just like that. <laughs> yeah and that's why they're you solo
2: know. playing but yeah. Yeah, exactly
3: you need it sweet and slow you know have a little bit of foreplay build it up build it up tease a little oh no no pull back pull back no no keep going keep going and then finally when you All have right, that andy bait, i'm getting hot
1: over here man slow down
3: you know what i think Yo, know, maybe maybe we're gonna start some OnlyFans. maybe we got to start some patreon and we'll start doing uh, <laughs> oh, some andy anderson there commentary you for you now but but, but that's but anyways yeah, to answer the right. question yeah that, that's that, that's what it is i don't I don't think I can see groups doing like full ideological swings, but I mm-hmm. think like I said if you do your top two your top three, three um, yeah. angles as kind of like you know take the time, build the characters, develop the story exactly. you know, you throw throw some stuff out there for the you know for the lower card stuff too yeah that's where you can kind of play around see what works but I think yeah. you know, the casual fans. They're going to come no matter what. Everybody else, you get some good storytelling that, you know, friends are going to say, man, you got to see this. Or someone, you know, jumps on YouTube, jumps on social media. And he's like, what the hell is that thing there, man? We got to go check this out. And then that's where you're going to hook other people. Well, you know,
1: I I just want to say this, Tom, real quick. It's just Mm -hmm. like Otto's saying uh, promoters, right? Uh, Andy's talking about wrestling. I want to talk about (laughs) the fans of it. The fans need to come together. And need to say, this is what I want. Because I'm telling you right now, I can get a a group of wrestling fans. And I'll say, yo, they need to bring this old stuff back. And they'll be like, yeah, they do. But the problem is, you can never get wrestling fans together. Because wrestling fans are so, they don't want to touch another wrestling fan. It's so hard to get a group of people together and be like, yo, I like wrestling. It's like, Mm. when I see a guy with a wrestling shirt on the street. And he got like a, a NWO shirt. I'm like, yo, oh, too sweet. And he's looking at me like, the fuck are you doing? Like, get away from me! <laughs> exactly. And, yeah. And it's just like, guys, like we need to support each other. We need to come exactly. together. And then we let's embellish this. Let's love wrestling. Let's show that exactly. it's cool to like exactly. wrestling. But people are so ashamed. You buy the shirts. You walk outside with the shirt on, but you don't. Oh no, no, this is not wrestling. No, like.
3: And, and like, somebody probably... wearing like somebody wearing a football jersey or a hockey jersey, someone yeah. someone yeah. wearing like a New York Rangers jersey, another guy has like a New York Rangers cap. Hey, cool shirt. What's wrong with you, man? And it's
0: really crazy <laughs> how big our wrestling family is, man. Yeah. Like when yes. I started this, this academy and I started reaching out to different promotions where I could send these kids once they're trained and I got five partnerships now uh, all over in the U.S., uh, uh, we're working on Mexico, Puerto Rico And I've got partnerships With these guys that they want to come to Canada To work, plus they want to see Our talent go there and work So I mean, the wrestling families Are huge, huge Huge possibilities But and, possibilities. Uh, if they If the wrestling fans do start together And mm-hmm. do want to see that Old school atmosphere come back Into the scene where they're invested In a story, I'm telling you man We can do it
2: now, here, I here's it. what I was going to say about this, okay? Um, yes. I really, yes, I love that, obviously. I mean, I've talked about it. I mean, I've talked nothing about AWA and Stampede constantly because they were yeah. the cornerstones of storytelling and whatnot. Um, however, I've spent the last, you know, 13 years working uh, backstage with promotions all across, you know, Western Canada, and I see the same thing. And this is something that falls on the fault of both the promoters and the fans, is the fact of, and I'm just going to make this up and use this as an example. This is not indicating anyone or anyone. So imagine that I have Andy Anderson is going to fight Rick Serrano, and we build a feud for for five months so far. We're we're, getting, we're coming up to the climax, and the fans are getting into it. And then I come to the pro and say, hey, guys, um, I know we were going to have you guys next week finally go into the big thing, but guess what? I signed uh, – Christopher Daniels is going to come in and do a show. So, sorry, I'm going to pull Andy and use him with Christopher Daniels. Cause you know, he's, he's my big guy. Sorry, Rick. Um, we probably won't come back to that now,
0: but, but the that's problem the is thing right there. Promoters see? do that like that. Yeah. But, but when, when a fans, promoter does that, yeah, when a promoter does that,
2: mm-hmm.
0: that wrestler that's involved in that angle with Andy Anderson has to say, Hey, fuck, wait a minute here. I've mm-hmm. I've invested my time mm-hmm. and my money and my blood and my sweat and my tears. Mm-hmm. And if you're going to put, Came in with christopher daniels i'm gonna fuck that finish and continue our story so that and we can come back to it the next week
2: right yeah, and that would I be a good thing to say but there'll be a lot of people would be saying well i guess rick you'll be parking cars for the next six months because you, you pull that shit you're not in my promotion and well, then that's he's the not, he's not the a, second then part then of the promotion, promoter
0: is not a good promoter because yeah. he's right. obviously that's, not listening that's what i'm getting at but you but know what? the so- second part hold on the on. second part hang is on. this
2: the fans all of a sudden who have spent five months invested in Andy versus Rick, all of a sudden go, Oh, Christopher Daniels. Fuck yeah. I'd rather see that. And then they forget all of the things they built into.
3: I'm going to add one more to that though. Yeah. Is that even before you say the fans, so you can say, you know, the promoter, But Mm -hmm. you should, you know, and you say, okay, well, Rick Serrano, sorry, bud, you know, he should be standing up. But Andy Mm -hmm. Anderson should also be saying, look, we've done this for the past five months. I appreciate what you're trying to do here, but we've got something, you know, again, Mm -hmm. this goes back to, you know, using the sex analogy. We've been Mm -hmm. building up here. We're we're almost going home and bringing the big finish. But Mm -hmm. instead, you want just a quick, you know, like one shot, like a one pump dump kind of thing. Yeah, you know, I heard of that. that to me it's got it's got to be on, you know, it's on the promoter, it's on Rick Serrano and it's on right. Andy Anderson. All that's three of safe. those, you know, if, if the promoter says this, then the other two should be saying, look, like, you know, that, you know, that, that, that's cool and all, but mm-hmm. we really need to finish this, give the opportunity to like another guy do something else. I get, you know, Andy's your top guy, but he's already got something there. You should be putting, you know, use use somebody else that can, you know, benefit more and be mm-hmm. elevated from that. And let us do our deal
0: here. And with that being said. That's the exact same thing we just did. We had uh, the walking weapon, Josh Alexander, come in. And in Calgary, we had him fight a guy by the name of Nasty Nate Nixon, an up-and-comer. And, And, I mean, they they went out and they beat the living shit out of each other. But he should have been fighting our champion, Mm -hmm. putting over our champion to make our champion rise to the occasion and be better, right? Yep. But instead, we did a swerve, and we went after this other guy, Nate Nixon, that we built up. And now he's been built up, built up, and now he just won a belt. And the fans appreciate him a lot more than Mm -hmm. if we would have went the other route and had our champion fight fight him, right? Then my question is this,
2: and not including yourself or the promotions you're working in right now, on a whole, do you think what we were talking about actually would happen? Do you think that the wrestlers are actually going to do that in most places is the promoter actually going to do that is the other guy who's, he's going to turn off a, a double payday and still work with the original program. Do you think that's really going to happen in this day and age in indie wrestling?
0: My promotion. Yes. No, but I'm not talking others, your promotion. Others. I can't say.
1: I'll tell you right now. No, I was on a, I was on a promotion, uh, where I was actually managing this one guy. And this one guy said, listen, come with me to this promotion uh, and manage me at this show too Now I didn't talk to the promoter Ahead of time so that's obviously My fault right but, but I, I was new to the game So I get there and I talk To the promoter the promoters like I don't Know you you're not going to be on my show And then when I look at the guy Because the guy just told me yo just come with me You're going to get on and when I look at the guy That I'm supposed to be working with He literally walked away from me mm. This is a guy that I've been working with for Months now almost a year Walks away from me, and I'm like, dude, I fucking took a cab to get here, I paid money to get here. You said I was gonna get on the show, and now you're not even vouching for me. He literally put his hands up. He said, Oh, okay, sorry. And yeah. it was just like, that's the kind of thing where it's just like, we're, not, we're not having each other's backs. Yeah, no, we're, we're, there's no support it's there. And,
0: yeah, it's unfortunate. Yeah, and
1: and and it's one of those things where we're never gonna get back to old school holds. We're never gonna get back mm-hmm. to that unless all four parts that we talked about—the yeah. owner, the promoter, the wrestler, and the fan base—get mm-hmm. together and say we want fucking something different. And mm-hmm. that's the only way we get back to these old school ways. I mean. Right. Maybe, it, maybe I, it's
0: just our promotion that's it's working in because the fans are telling us what they want. So, and uh, mm-hmm. the thing is, is you've got to listen to your fans as well. Yep. Like, don't yep. get me wrong. You have to listen to the fans and what they want. And, and it's a hard, it's a hard thing to do sometimes, especially when you want to bring in that bigger talent
3: mm-hmm. so
0: that you can try and create a gate for yourself. I, I get it, mm-hmm. but uh, you know what? So far we're very lucky. The fans are invested in the stories that we're telling and they're invested in the old school mentality and it's going over. So yeah, maybe yes. it's just our promotion that it's working in right now, but things are are, are coming together and it's it's fun again. It, it's starting to be fun because we and get that, to tell these stories, you know?
1: And, and you know what, Otto? I hope that happens for you guys because honestly, mm-hmm. you guys, for me, and my wrestling fandom, you guys are in the mecca of wrestling. Honestly, I think I think that is the, the best part of the world to start off wrestling. I think it's the best part in the world that, that produces the best wrestlers in the world. So uh, hopefully you guys are sparking something up again. Too, so we can go back, get get the 1.21 gigawatts and go back in time and...
0: <laughs> yeah, buddy. <laughs> We're trying, man. We're trying really hard. And, and all these promotions that I partner up with, they want the same thing too. So that's yeah. the cool aspect of this. Yeah. And, and I just want
2: to you- say this. I want to clarify that, uh, I, like I said, I'm very in, in support of this kind of uh, thing. It's just in 13 years being backstage... I could probably do a two-hour episode of telling all the people who got shit on, fucked over, and messed about by promoters, fans, wrestlers, and whatever, but I'm not going to because that isn't the kind of things I like to talk about. I'm just thinking it would be great. It would be great, and I really hope that happens. Now, this is one thing. I'm going to swing this back to to holds and finishes for a second here, and I want to talk about uh, the influx, and I want you guys to to tell me how you feel about this is – as wrestling is going on over the years, all of a sudden we have styles coming in, most notably, difference of styles from Mexico, where we get a lot of this Lucha Libre style, and then we're also getting lots of Japanese style, adding in a bit of strong style. And this, of course, changes quite a bit of way we look at holds and moves now in North America. Now, I'm going to throw this out first uh, to Otto. Otto, how do you think these influences from these countries changed the way holds and finishes were starting to be looked at and are ongoing?
0: Uh, Wow. It's, it's the Japanese style and the Japanese fan is very different. Uh, I think that the style of a Japanese wrestling match is way different than our psychology that we try to get over on our fans. So maybe, you know, it's coming to the, Get into the the movement now, where the strong style, and I mean everybody's putting over their own strong style, uh, Australian strong style, uh, French, style yeah. Uh, you know, so I mean, strong style was back in the eighties too, mm-hmm. when two guys got in there and beat the living crap out of each other, <laughs> Bruiser you know Brody, Stan Hansen, exactly, uh. <laughs> exactly. Like, and and that's the guys that went over to Japan. Yes. And started doing the strong style. So really, is it Japanese strong style or is it the North American strong style that influenced the Japanese people yeah. into what we got now? Interesting. <laughs> it, little for I mean? Little yeah. <laughs> yeah, and Lucha. Uh, I mean, Lucha, Mexican style wrestling is different because they fucking do everything on the other side. <laughs> You know, we do everything on the left here. They do everything on the right. So and it's more roll. It's it more roll
3: based than yeah, based. exactly. I mean, the, their rings are stiffer, and that's why they do a lot more of the rolls and taking a lot more yeah. of the bumps. So that's something. But I, to me, I think one of the big things though is because you get guys that you know, especially I mean, nowadays, all you got to do is go on YouTube or whatever. I mean, you, on your phone, you can see stuff from around the world. Yeah. You go back to like the, the early 90s and the 80s and, and further back. And unless you were a tape trader or something like or buying tapes, you wouldn't see the stuff. So for somebody to go, you know, you know we talk like Brody and Hanson. I mean, you know, you these guys go to Japan and they take some of that Japanese style. They bring it back with them. Well, all of a sudden you've got something different. You know, somebody yeah. goes to to Mexico, they come back it's like, oh man, I learned this cool thing in Mexico. Let's just try doing this little spot, and all of a sudden, you know, it's there's that little bit of Mexico. It, it's it's like it's like cooking, mm-hmm. you know. You could be like cooking like like American style or Canadian or whatever that's going to qualify as, and and nowadays you got so many different ideas of of fusion because people yeah. want to take Japanese and they they want to mix it like you know like Japanese cowboy or or, or something. I mean, like it's it's no. It's no <laughs> Yeah, but it's, it's yeah. no different with, with wrestling is that guys want to try and stand out, be different and try to bring, st- you know, bring some of the, a different style to them. Uh, really quick story. When I was wrestling in the UK in the early 2000s, uh, you know, I, I was going over there thinking, OK, well, I'm going to pick up a whole bunch of different like technical catches, catch can because, you know, all the British kind of the wrestling style there. And when I got over there talking with with uh, with you know some of the some of the veterans, it's, it's like it was frustrating them because at the time all the young guys they were you know they were getting a lot more of the North American TV, so they're watching Monday Night Raw, seeing these crowds, seeing everybody pop for this. They don't want to do the the British style. They want to yeah. do the American style. Exactly. So mm-hmm. it, it's just it's just a simple case of okay, well I'm trying to bring in something, you know, that's not native mm-hmm. or not normally around where i am now mm-hmm. you know they're bringing it over over here so it's just become a big I don't know, like a you know i'm like becoming like a big melting pot so you yeah. get oh, okay well that's ja you know you can watch a match and go well that's japanese influence oh well there's some lucha there's some strong style exactly. there's some you know catches catch can so it's we're, we're, we're
0: getting a little bit of everything
3: yeah,
1: yeah it's, I, I, it, I,
0: it's just inevitable Mm-hmm. and yeah,
1: it is. I, I would say this also with the British style of wrestling it's now starting to creep over on this side of the pond with the, the joint manipulation and stuff yep. like that now that's becoming more familiar mm-hmm. in our everyday uh, world of wrestling I remember our first big interview we had at Wrestling POV was with Adrian Street and he talked to us for over an hour about all different holds and stuff like that talking about how he wished he wrestled Ric Flair So he could tie him up into a pretzel because he could actually do that to Ric Flair. And it was like, it was no, it well, it was a shot at Ric Flair saying that he couldn't wrestle, but it was just like that style of wrestling was like, I'm going to hurt you. And you know, it was great talking to Adrian because Adrian also brought up Bret Hart. Bret Hart was technically savvy. You know, he understood what it was for somebody Mm -hmm. like Ric Flair. It was more of, I'm going to tell the Show, story, you know, showmanship, yeah. you know, and it wasn't the technical style, but I feel like now we got NXT UK, we got guys coming over from the UK and they're showing us this hard hitting, but also joint manipulation. I've seen somebody say, Oh, he's just bending his finger. You know how bad it hurts to have your fingers separated and stopped. Oh, no like so yeah. it's just like, it's, it's, it's small things like that, that can, if we can bring that back, and, and and bring it to everyday wrestling which we have maybe we are finally planting the seeds to get back to this old way the old ways of right. wrestling
3: can i, can that, I just jump and, in obviously, sorry yes, I, yep, gonna, yep. I have to step away from in here i just want to give a quick thought to kind of what rick was saying there you're absolutely right and i mean because you mm-hmm. talked earlier about like with the headlocks and stuff like that and some of the most simple things because everybody does you know not everybody but so many of the people want to do the flips they want to do these things that look outstanding And that people will, you know, like, pop it. Whoa, that was cool. But that emotional investment, that emotional connection, isn't necessarily there because 99% of the people that are watching can't do that. You know, it's, it's almost like the Cirque du Soleil. You'll watch these cool moves like that's unbelievable. Like, I can't, like, I can't fathom mm-hmm. that, but you take a little joint manipulation. You take like Rick saying, someone bends the fingers back just about everybody's either, you know, messed around with some Greco Roman knuckle locks or they've done something to the door or they've done, you know, where you've bent your fingers back, you know what that feels like. Yeah. Something as simple as a punch, you know, a punch to the face that nowadays you know people throw punches. They don't even register. But you think about it, you play with a toddler, a toddler that has like next to like no velocity, no torque, they pop you in the nose, your eyes start to water. Oh, hell yeah. Everybody knows that feeling. And that's one of the biggest things, you know, getting back to this whole thing about holds and and finishes, people can relate to some of those, you know, we, you know, someone's, you know, you do the the Greco-Roman lock, you get the guys, you know, get his hands on the mat whether it's the heel or the baby face stomps on the fingers, everybody can relate to getting, you know, being yeah, on the ground, being, being, somebody it walking hurts, by like stepping motorist. on those toes. Yeah. Step, yeah. you know, step on the fingers, they can relate. So that's, I, I got to step away for a few minutes, yeah. but like, man, like we talk about things like connection. We talk about things like investment and, 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 and the, you know what, this mm-hmm. might be one of the biggest takeaways for me now with auto kind of mentioning Cirque du Soleil earlier. Everybody goes to the circ shows, they're they're blown away. It's breathtaking, but you don't. I don't think you get the same kind of emotional investment and connection that you can with some good storytelling, That's right. especially with the selling and the registering that you get in professional wrestling.
0: True. That's right. True. And for prime example, guys, NXT UK, the uh, Walter Dragonoff Woo! Oh, my frigging God, man. Yes, yes. You, chop, ask Andy if you watched it You yet. talk about chops. Oh, my okay. God. <laughs> that, that, that match right there is a number one contender for the year for sure. And mm-hmm. those two guys beat the living crap out of each other. Mm-hmm. They did not pull any punches in that match whatsoever. And that's, that's what we need to get back to.
1: Absolutely, True. man. I'm telling you, my asthma was triggered from those
0: chops, <laughs> <laughs> and I, I, was said, I, I felt every single one of those chops. <laughs> oh, they! I'm telling you, man. I would never in my life want to get chopped by that Walter, man. My yeah, now, really I, w- I
2: was going to be nice and not be mean and say, you know, I know Rick probably knows what it's like getting punched in the nose more than most of us, but <laughs> 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 he is American. <laughs> uh, what I wanted. To- <laughs> What I want to do is uh, I want to ask Otto now, like, tra- you know, when you're training guys, right, and uh, there's obviously the finish is, yeah. is something, but you mentioned this to me uh, earlier uh, before we were on air and you were saying you've, the biggest importance, of course, is the transitioning into what makes that move, the devastating, the buildup, the the the, the protection and that. Explain what is the whole point of the build-up towards a devastating finish that makes it good or not?
0: Well, obviously, uh, two guys that are working in the ring together, uh, the the guy that's doing the maneuver and the guy that's selling the maneuver is the most important thing because if you don't have the synchronicity, the, the selling feature from the guy that's getting that move done to him and the guy executing the move perfectly, then why the hell do it? Mm -hmm. We try to teach our students, do what you can do well Mm
1: -hmm.
0: and leave the other stuff for training. Okay. So that's the thing that we're trying to teach our kids right now, uh, punching and kicking and striking and making it look real, making it, you know, laying it in there. You're not going to kill the guy, but laying it in there so that he feels it so that he can sell it for you yep and that's okay. what we're trying to teach them every day uh, chopping all- somebody well you know what the chop stings so there's no getting around that
1: mm-hmm. no
0: but lay it in there lay it in there so that you, the guy can sell it for you
1: mm-hmm. that's yeah, what we, and-,
0: that's, and i mean i've got one of the best trainers in the world he's trained over 70 champions in his lifetime you know in bruce really? hart mm-hmm. so okay. learning from a guy that has that much knowledge that much history of behind him a- it's incredible to just even I, to this day, I've been in this professional wrestling industry for 32 years and I've done everything, every aspect, Mm -hmm. ring crew, security, ring announce, referee, wrestle. I've done them all. But just the actual fact that I get to sit ringside and watch (coughs) Bruce Hart train these guys and to listen to what he tells them and to, listen, to, to, to watch the, the, the man in action still throw a hell of a clothesline, uh, a hell of a chop, like, it's just incredible to me that somebody at his age can still do this and have fun at it. Mm-hmm. Well, so it, that, it's amazing.
1: It's amazing that you mentioned that about Bruce Hart doing that at his age. Look at his dad, Stu Hart. He yeah. was in his 80s. And he was still cranking people down in the dungeon, you know. It's That's just like, right. Like, yeah. And and this is and and if wrestling fans don't know that, this is what you should know. Like you should know that Stu Hart was in his eighties, making grown men cry. Like this is why the business. Oh my god! Like I get so frustrated with it because like you guys, like people should know this stuff. And <laughs> right. I I wanted to say like the bill you were talking about, uh, Tom was if. If my finisher is the sharpshooter, I should work the leg throughout the match.
3: Mm-hmm, if right. I'm
1: working the leg throughout the match, I shouldn't end my match with a crossface. Like it just no. doesn't make sense. Like, that's like, right. and and that's one thing that we're missing. Again, work the leg, work the arm, work into your submission. Nowadays, we're it's just the going psychology.
0: Up. It's the yes. psychology of wrestling that's missing. Yes. With yeah. all these all these new kids coming out that want to do high spot after high spot after high spot.
1: That's the I thing totally that's agree missing. It's telling
0: uh-huh. The psychology of telling that story—a good versus evil, uh-huh. where evil sometimes has to cheat to win yep. over the over the good, or if it's the good prevailing over evil—that's what yep. this has to get back to.
2: Mm-hmm. Yep. Now, I gotta ask: Do you think that that Bruce Hart is gonna start get his own little dungeon and start? You know, crank it on. People and getting into the thing. What do you think the
0: Alberta Wrestling <laughs> Academy oh. is?
2: <laughs> ah, that's what I wanted to hear. That's what I to hear. <laughs> now, you know what I want I want to uh, preface something too. Is uh, you know, we're all talking here about this is the way things should be done, and blah blah blah. Yeah. <laughs> but it's really also easy to fall to the wayside. I mean, I'm going to give a great example here. Uh, this summer, me and Elio, we covered um, the G1 tournament. And the biggest gripe and complain, and it's so funny because we're griping and complaining, and as I'm thinking about it, we're doing the exact opposite of what we're discussing about. We were extremely mad that Okada uh, started this using a new finishing maneuver called the money clip. And we bitched and complained about it. But if we stop and look at it, instead of each match, looked at it as a whole, he was actually very well developing a finishing maneuver out of nowhere to train people that this is a devastating move, you know, yes. all through the thing, we bitching, about, why is he doing this? We want to see the rainmaker, blah, 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 blah. But now at the end of this, he has developed a new finishing maneuver that grudgingly I have to say, wow, he can win matches with the money clip. Okay. And, and for those of you who didn't know what the money clip is, he was doing some kind of a, it was sort of like, um, Sleep Sergeant Slaughter's thing. No, it's like Sergeant Slaughter's thing. Like a Cobra thing. clutch. Yeah, it was like a Cobra clutch, but he'd hold cobra. the guy up, straight up with the arm. And uh, so it's easy. Uh, me and Elio, we were shooting at that time as we wanted to see the flash finish of the Rainmaker, yeah. the spectacular blah, 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 without realizing that we're falling into sometimes that we want to see the flashy maneuver. So yes. it is addicting. It is so easy addicting to want to oh, see. No, it's, it's true. Don't
0: get me wrong, man. Mm-hmm. We, have you ever seen uh, Jack Evans do a
2: 630?
0: Yes, I have. Oh, yeah. God. It, it's impressive and he hits mm-hmm. it every friggin' time. Yeah. Like that 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 guy is unbelievable. Yeah. You know, he, he really so, is. So saying that the flashy moves are not needed is wrong. No, nope. yeah. They they, they they but that's the thing when they do a flashy maneuver that's devastating like that. finish it it. your goddamn finish that's it yeah and uh like you know what uh we
2: don't talk about him a lot much because of just his craziness but uh i've seen teddy Hart matches where at the end i was like wow that was cool but i've seen him doing finishing maneuvers two minutes into a match
0: yeah you know doing
2: something and you're like that guy should be dead how is he up (laughs) after you know he just did that to that dude like and and another great example is back oh i'd say about about 15 years ago, I used to order ROH discs all the time from the States yep. and I'd get them home and I'd shove them in and I'd watch a match and the whole disc would be full of move after move after move. And it was like, I was like, oh, oh, but you know what? At the end of the disc, I couldn't remember who did what. That's right. <laughs> there was just so much shit going on. It's that you so just much.
0: Yeah, it's too many high spots.
2: <laughs> yeah. And and as the years go by, I've appreciated the high spots and I appreciate the finishers and the yep. holds and whatnot. But I've also come to the point where if I want to really invest in these stories, your moves have to mean something. Exactly. And if, if, if I'm watching Otto fight Rick Serrano third, and Rick Serrano does 45 moves, I'm kind of thinking, man, Rick Serrano has no and, and power. And Otto beats takes... him
0: with a disco elbow. Yeah. yeah. Like, <laughs> it,
2: it makes you think like if it takes a guy 45 devastating moves well he obviously is super weak because there's no way that yeah. that other guy's that strong that he could take 45 freaking moves to take go and not go down
0: and that's so, what that's what we're saying right this is mm-hmm. where this is where the storytelling has to come in and that's where these big friggin' moves have to start making sense of it all
1: mm-hmm. yeah.
0: if somebody hits a 630 from the top rope that guy on the ground should be dead yeah it should be simple open. as that. That's a finishing move done over. There should be no getting him up after that. Mm-hmm. As a matter of fact, there should be a stretcher coming out. To, let's haul him to the back. Yeah. <laughs> so Guys, we're
1: living We're living in a time where Kevin Owens hit somebody with a stunner and they're kicking out. Like, it's yeah. not even his finisher. Yeah. And, know, when, it, what,
0: and what? In the Attitude Era, Stone Cold was stunning everybody and, fu- and how finishing him. And they were you dead, know? yep. So and, that's and- the thing. Well, we you know got to retrain the fans and get them to where the big moves actually like you said they actually mm-hmm. mean something
2: well, you know what uh, this has been a really interesting discussion uh, I've really enjoyed this talking all these different uh, angles about uh, moves, finishes uh, it's it's really something that you know what we're probably going to revisit down the road again and, and and get more into these sort of things. Uh, first of all, I want to thank Otto for joining us, Otto you you were, you were great. And I'd really, uh, hope we can get you on another time, maybe even just even another subject and, and just talk some more good wrestling. And so I'd I want to thank you, you man. for coming
0: Anytime you guys want me, I'm here for you, man. I, I guess I'm now part of the WPOV family. Yeah. Yes, you are. Yeah. Yes, Everyone you are. comes
2: on this show and has a good time. We always have
0: you back. I, I love it. And I thank you guys for reaching out to me. I, I, I thank you for, you know, investing mm-hmm. in my school and, uh, the people that we got there, uh, we're doing some great things. Uh, I'm hoping to, you know, teach the next generation of wrestling superstars the art of professional yes. wrestling. And well, I'd like you
2: to take this opportunity yeah, right now to throw some social media plugs that fans sure. can uh, get, get a hold of you or whatnot.
0: Well, anybody can get a hold of us at uh, albertawrestlingacademy.com. That is our website. And we have Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. And we have a YouTube channel coming up real soon. And it's all Alberta Wrestling Academy on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. Um, we're uh, Like I said, we're, we got partnerships happening. Uh, we got one uh, called Warrior Pro. Uh, we got one out of New York called the NAWA, uh, North American Wrestling Alliance. Uh, the Ultimate Wrestling, uh, uh, what is it? Uh, ultimate Championship That's Wrestling. Uh, one's in Alabama, one's in Tennessee, one's in New York. Uh, we're working on Mexico. We're working on Puerto Rico and these kids are going to have somewhere to go. That's Mm -hmm. the key It's giving them a place to go and hone their craft after they're done at the Academy. And that's the biggest thing working with all these other promotions and and giving these kids a chance to, uh, you know, to, to make a a life Mm -hmm. in professional wrestling.
2: Okay. Uh, rick's around the third you know yeah you, you, you do a little show that i'm not a part of it like t- tell us about that and how absolutely to get a hold of yeah it.
1: every saturday you check out me tony diaz and the annoying miguel cole as we go over everything wwe at wrestling pov podcast every saturday on itunes youtube poppy spotify iHeartRadio, radio and TuneIn radio for free and let's not forget uh after every pay-per-view you have wrestling pov aftermath where Whatever pay-per-view we have, we're going to be talking about it after that pay-per-view. That's why we call it Aftermath, right? Dude. Awesome. Um, <laughs> uh, Elio, what about your show, Wrestling POV Global? We have uh, yeah, we have Wrestling POV Global, hosted by Legend, TJ Logan, myself, the gentleman, Elio Pinella, and lone wolf Andy Anderson. And can also be found on the same platform. What's, what's that
2: show about? What is global about, Elio? We
1: cover all...
0: All oh, wrestling outside WWE, AEW, MLW, and New Japan. Excellent. And as you and see, send uh, me all your links and <laughs> I will promote the hell out of you worldwide. That's Love what it. I like to
2: hear. And uh, of course, this show you're listening to is WPOV Quarantine, our uh, Zoom based show where we have guests come on and talk about interesting things about wrestling. And uh, you can find us every Tuesday, I believe, on yep. uh, the same WPOV networks. Uh, Elio, Tell the people where they can write in for our for all the stuff in WPOV.
1: So on uh, Facebook, you can reach us at Wrestling POV Podcast, Instagram Wrestling POV One and Twitter at Wrestling POV. Right, and all of you
2: watching the show right now are looking at the blank screen of Andy Anderson. He was indeed voted off the island. Yep. Now <laughs> he is the weakest link. Get out of here, anyhow.
0: I'll put the logo over his face. Yeah. Right now. You know when he's gonna he's gonna hear that and that camel clutch is gonna be sunk in real deep. Right?
2: <laughs> well, luckily for me, Red, Red Deer and Edmonton are a little bit away, so I got some noise when he's coming. So <laughs> <love it. laughs> So folks, you know what? We've had a great time talking now wrestling as usual. Um we're going into, of course, probably more of lockdowns and things seem like they're getting grimmer yes. again. Uh you know, we always tell you every week, wash your hands, put on a mask if you can. Maybe it doesn't make a difference. Maybe it does. But you know what? If it just gives somebody around you confidence and the feeling of security, don't be a dick. Just do it, man. I mean... Yeah.
1: Uh, and Tom, I just want to say yeah. this. Yeah. Wear a mask. Wear gloves. You know what? Go to ProWrestlingTees.com slash Wrestling POV. Buy a shirt for nineteen
0: ninety nine. You know, and put it over your face. A shirt to cover your face. That's it. You know? I believe buy they
2: come in four TV. different designs,
0: don't they? And One of them's four actually a global. Wrestling and you field, can write me at the shirts. Alberta wrestling Academy. We got shirts for you too, man. You
1: Excellent. Well,
0: you... Excellent. Listen, so man, it...
1: shirts can be masked too.
0: Yeah. And we there wish could pull his <laughs> up more often, but anyhow, <laughs> folks
2: at, we like to joke around and have a lot of fun here, but we one, have. Things, one of the things I like to say all the time is remember you are part of the wrestling community and the community is big, but it's not as big as it could be. And because it's not ginormous, You're invested in something that is special and fun. And take the time to be nicer to other wrestling fans. Take the time to be brothers and sisters because that's who we are. We're a bunch of weird old guys and gals who like watching sweaty men and women wrestle around in their underwear in a ring non-erotically. But uh, it's also fun and it's also something we've really enjoyed and something in our hearts. And it takes no problems to be nice to each other and we're going to need it because we don't know what Christmas is going to be like with this stupid thing going on. We don't know how next year is. So let's take that opportunity to be good to each other, be nice to each other, support your local indie wrestling, support your wrestling on everything. So, Elio, you have 13 words left. Say goodnight to the good
1: people. fans, you. Talk to you all next week.